Hey everybody, we're so glad you're with us today. Uh, we're so excited for week four of our series, Comma, It's Not Over. Come on, just, just give everybody a round of applause. Everyone joining us right now. Our, our Anchor Church watch party's happening for week four right now. We love you so much. Uh, Teresa and I can't wait till we get to hug all of you physically. Hope, hopefully it's gonna be really, really soon. But we're wrapping up our, our series right now. We're outside, it's beautiful. We can hear the, the crickets. The neighbor across here has got country music on. It's just, it's a good environment. I can feel it, I can feel it. We're wrapping up our series, Comma, It's Not Over. And what I've been doing through this series is looking at people in the Bible who had these amazing lives of faith. And what we saw is there's times in their life where, if I'm honest, just their human side saw a period in their life, but God put a comma and said, you're not done. It's not finished. I'm not finished. We all have those times in our life. And uh, I talked week one about uh, how you and I just need to, we need to keep uh, marching. Last, uh, I talked uh, week two about how we need to keep fighting. Keep, week three, keep believing, keep trusting. And this week I wanna talk about how you and I need to keep moving. Just keep moving. So many times we wanna stop and just lay down and go, man, this is just over. But God says, just keep moving because he's clearing a path for you. I believe it. You know, this whole equation I've been using for this series is your faith, plus God's power equals unlimited outcome. It's amazing, it's outrageous what God can do if you just trust Him and believe in Him and trust in His power. You see these beautiful naturally couldn't do, but God supernaturally does something in us and through us when we just trust in Him. And I wanna, I wanna finish this series today, and I wanna go back to the Old Testament, and I titled the message this, Nothing to Lose. Nothing to lose. And the Old Testament book of Exodus chapter 13 says this. It says, when Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road that runs through the Philistine territory, even though that was the shortest route to the promised land. Now you're going, Sean, catch me up here. Give me context. What's happening? Uh, you, you look in the Old Testament, the Israelites, God's chosen people, enslaved in Egypt 400 plus years. It's incredible. God Shoulder taps Moses to lead God's chosen people, the Israelites, out of slavery, out of bondage, out of, out of Egypt. And Moses goes to Pharaoh. Pharaoh says, no, 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 multiple times. And God sends plagues. There's a plague of gnats, a plague of frogs, a plague of blood. Can you imagine just I did gnats? Gnats. They're just nasty frogs, nasty. Just, just boils, nasty. Finally, after the 10th plague, Pharaoh says, fine, let him go. And God has told the Israelites, I have a promised land for you. Notice it's called the promised land. Why in the world is it called the promised land? Because God promised it to his people. And if God promises it, he will always deliver it. But I want you to hear this for a second. Because it says when Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road that runs through Philistine territory, even though it was the shortest route to the promised land. How many of you wish God would take you the short route? I mean, I, I just... There's been times in my life where God's taken me the long route, and if I'm honest, it ticks me off. Like, I want to go the short route. Yeah. But the Bible says this. Even though it was the short route, God said, if the people are faced with a battle, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. Yeah. So God led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness toward the Red Sea. Thus the Israelites left Egypt like an army ready for battle. Right now, many of you want the short route in your life, 
But if I'm honest, you can't handle the short route in your life. So God's taking you in a roundabout way because there's things that on the short route, if you saw them, you'd get freaked out and turn and go back to the enemy of your past. But God's taking you the long roundabout way because you and I have some stuff to learn. So don't get ticked when you're not on the short route. Thank God that he's taking you on a route that's teaching you something you didn't know. Now the Bible says this, Exodus 13, 21, moving on. Now the Lord went ahead of them, the Israelites, he guided them during the day with a pillar of cloud and he provided light at night with a pillar of fire. Notice the Israelites are walking. They have left Egypt, left slavery. God's going, I'm taking you to the promised land and I promise this land to you and I'm not leaving you. He's leading them by day with a pillar of cloud and by night, a pillar of fire. Wouldn't it be cool always to just see the presence of God over you while you move, whether at night or by day? The Bible said this allowed them to travel by day or by night and the Lord did not remove the pillar of cloud or the pillar of fire from its place in front of the people. The presence of God always leading the people to the promised land. Exodus 14 says this, Then the Lord gave these instructions to Moses, ordered the Israelites to turn back and camp by Pi-Hahiroth. Beautiful name. Pi, I'm thinking about, if we had another kid naming it that. Pi-Hahiroth. It's a beautiful name. Between Migdal and the sea. Now, camp there along the shore, across from Baal-Zephon, and then Pharaoh will think the Israelites are confused and they're trapped in the wilderness. And once again, I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he will chase after you. This is God talking here. I plan this in order to display my glory through Pharaoh and his whole army. After this, the Egyptians that know that I am the Lord will know that I am the Lord. And so the Israelites camped there as they were told. Now, Exodus 14 says this, the Egyptians chase after them with all the forces in the Pharaoh's army, his horses, his chariots, his charioteers, his troops. And the Egyptians caught up with the people of Israel as they were camped beside the shore of Pi-Hahiroth. Pi-Hahiroth, beautiful name. Across from Baal-Zephon. Now listen to this. As Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. The Israelites are at the edge of the Red Sea. And the Bible says that as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites saw Egypt coming and they said, the Egyptians are overtaking us. They cry out to the Lord and they said to Moses, why'd you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why'd you make us in it? Everyone's so mad at God. You're just like, God, why'd you do this to me? Why'd you bring me here? Why'd you take me here? I would have much rather had my old life. Right now you're just giving me garbage, God. I can't take it anymore. They said, we've been better off in Egypt as slaves instead of being corpses in the wilderness. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid, just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. How cool is that? Don't do anything, just stand there. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord himself will fight for you, just stay calm. Then Moses raised his hand over the sea. The Lord opened up the path through the water with a strong east wind. That seabed into dry land. So the people of Israel walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground with walls of water on each side. Good. Nothing to lose. Yep. How cool is that story? So like we've probably all heard that story. Either you've seen the movie Prince of Egypt or yeah. you've seen the old Charlton Heston. Like you, you, you've seen it. You've heard it. But the Israelites walked across on dry Nothing to lose. Why, why did they have nothing to lose? Because God told them, I'm giving you the promised land. Isn't it interesting in your life when you have nothing to lose and you know you're guaranteed a victory, you just think differently. And when I was in, when I, was in um, I played sports all through school, but when I was in uh, elementary school and in middle school, I played soccer and I was the goalie on the soccer team. 
And goalie is not really that great of a, of, of a position because either you lose the game for the team or you win the game for the team. Like all the pressure's on you. But when you win the game for the team, you're a stud, you're a hero, but when you lose the game, you hate life, right? You know, you know, and and I, I was I was the goalie, and I remember we played uh, we played this team called the Hornets, and we had a guy uh, that played for them. His name was Mark Stiller. Mark Stiller was 13 years old. I swear he was on steroids. He was jacked, <laughs> and 13 years old had a full mustache, and he was he. I'm pretty for, I'm pretty for sure he was on roids. And and um, <laughs> if you're watching right now, Mark, just let me know. Text me. And and uh, and so we we're, were playing goalie, and I was playing goalie against. Mark, and I just knew this kid's gonna, it's gonna power through me like we're dead, we're gonna lose to the Hornets. And right before the game, their coach came over, talked to our coach, they separated the teams, and the coach, our coach came up to us and said, they're missing a player, so because of it, they have to forfeit. So we automatically win. I was like, oh, that's just too bad. That's a shame, I can't compete against Mark, this is very sad right now. <laughs> and uh, their coach said, but we, they still wanna play, so they'll give us one of, of their players on our team, and then we can play the game, even though we win. Well, that's going to be great. So we're just playing for fun. We already win the game. Great. Can I tell you right now, I played lights out goalie that game. I'm just, for the record, I was incredible. <laughs> like, I, w- I was, like, I might have, like, let one goal get past me, but I was, babe, you would have been, like, if you were watching me that day, it it had been lights out for you and me. <laughs> like, I was... I'm pretty sure I was, I was that, I was that good. And I remember, and I say all this because I wasn't that good, but that day I was, it was like all the pressure was off, right? And so the coach pulled me aside after the game and goes, Blakeney, Blakeney, everybody call me Blakeney. They call me Sean, they call me Blakeney, Blakeney. What, what was, what was going on with you today? You were good. <laughs> like what, what happened? And I said, coach, I had nothing to lose. Right. Wow. Like we, we already, we already won the game. He's like, so you only give it your all? when you already know you're victorious? Wow. I'm like, yeah, dude, because I, I, I can't lose. And I wanna tell you right now, if you've given your heart to Jesus Christ, you have victory in Jesus. You should be living the life of a victor, not a victim. You have nothing to lose. Isn't it funny how we, we live our lives in such a way that we blame God, we get mad at God, we go, God, where are you? The Israelites had been told by God, I'm giving you the promised land. If God promises it, he can't go against his own word. He not only speaks a promise, he is the promise. And he says, I'm giving you the land. And when they saw the Egyptians coming against them and they were standing at the edge of the Red Sea where they saw a barrier, God saw a blessing. And all they saw was the devastation of their past coming to kill them. And they're like, God, where are you? Instead of going, we got nothing to lose. I mean, what, what they just saw was incredible. They just saw 10 plagues. They just saw God do some incredible stuff. They saw frogs coming out of pans and, and clay jars, and they saw like gnats and a, a river turned to blood. I mean, they saw some amazing stuff, yet they still didn't trust God. They had nothing to lose. I wonder how many of us stand at the edge of our victory claiming defeat. I wonder how many times many of us right now are in a situation in your life where you're claiming defeat over a place God's already given you a victory. And you're saying, this is it. It's over. You've given, you've given a name to your defeat. It's, it's, it's Alzheimer's. It's cancer. It's depression. It's anxiety. It's divorce. It's your ex-spouse. But you, you've, you've, you've already given your defeat in your life a name. And God's like, where you call a defeat, I've already claimed a victory. 
And what you and I have to understand is you have nothing to lose when you have life in Jesus Christ. A lot of us, we're fearful, if I'm honest. We're fearful. And you know what fear does? Fear keeps you in the dark in the supernatural. Fear keeps you in the natural from seeing the light in the supernatural. That's what fear does. It locks you. It begins to speak into your head something that's just not true. And that's exactly what was happening to the Israelites. It says in Exodus 14, as Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians taking them over. Now, I don't know if you recognize this, but Egypt wasn't taking them over. They already played this scenario forward. They were at the edge of the Red Sea with nowhere to go. Egypt was way behind them, but they looked behind them and already declared a defeat over their lives. They couldn't see the presence of God, even though it was standing right above them. So you and I have to understand that we have been given victory through Jesus Christ. And I don't know what you're going through right now, but when you give your heart to Jesus Christ, you're a new creation. You're a new person. You're no longer a victim. You're a victor. You now have sin out of your life, and you've been given a new life through Jesus Christ. You have nothing to lose. So how do you and I live in such a way that we recognize we have nothing to lose? Here's the first thing. Your enemy has already been defeated. Your enemy has already been defeated. Exodus 14 says this, but Moses told the people, don't be afraid, just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. I can't think of anybody else I'd rather rescue me than God. I can't think of anybody else I'd rather have come to my rescue than Jesus Christ. He says, the Lord will rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. That's a pretty strong word from God. The enemy you see right now, you will never see them again, and yet they still panicked. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Now, maybe this is just a, maybe it's just a, a guy thing. Maybe it's just a man thing. But I, I hate going to the doctor. And any, any dude just you hate, like, because I, I always feel like I can solve the problem on my own. Like WebMD, I can fix this. Like I can fix this. Like, like, like a shot of apple cider vinegar cures all. You know what I mean? Tracy's like, you need to go to the doctor. I'm like, like every time I fill out paperwork, it says, who's your general physician? I, I, I don't, I don't, Tracy's like, you don't have one. It's because I'm never sick. And if I do get sick, I'll just fight my way through it. You know what I'm talking about? You just, anybody have this? You, you just, you, I was sick one time. I went to Mexico on a mission trip and I got sick. Like I was, I was sick. And uh, as a matter of fact, I, I was sick for like three months probably, right babe? Like three months. Like I could not stop going to the bathroom. Like I was, I was sick. <laughs> Like bad. And you know how in your mind you just think to yourself, you're like, I'll get through this. I'll get through this. And Teresa's like, it's been three months. You probably can't get through this. And so I went to the doctor and the doctor says, you have a parasite. And I'm like, then that'll just go away. And the doctor says, no, that won't go away unless you give medicine to your body to kill the parasites. Yeah. I was like, oh, I don't take medicine. You know what I'm talking about? You're like, I'm a superhuman. <laughs> I don't do medicine. That, 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 I'm, I'm like, I'm made of titanium. That parasite will just, will just die. I wanted to solve the, the problem on my own, right? And, and the, the doctor's like, you, you have to take this medicine to kill what's inside of you. Otherwise, what's inside of you will control you. Wow. Many of us want to fix our sin problem by just living a better life. Yeah. You, you can't fix your sin problem by just living a better life. You can't just be a better person. Yeah. A lot of people go, I, I can just fix me. You just can't fix you. You have to faith you in God. Wow. You, you can't fix yourself. You can't fix your sin problem. If you could have fixed your sin problem, 
then Jesus wouldn't have needed to come. If the Israelites could have gotten themselves out of slavery, out of Egypt, they would have done it 400 years before God delivered them out of Egypt. But they couldn't do it on their own. They couldn't get through the Red Sea. They couldn't get past Pharaoh's army. God had to deliver. Romans 5 says this, when we were utterly helpless, you know what that word means? When you and I couldn't, we were depleted. We were done. We were done. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though some might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. The enemy of your soul is been because God is good. So you might be walking through life right now going, I can fix this. No, you can't fix this. Only God can. But the enemy has been defeated, comma, it's not over. Yeah. Nothing to lose. You got nothing to lose. The other thing I wrote down here is that you've got nothing to lose because your problem in front of you will soon become a path underneath you. The problem in front of you, I believe, will soon become a path underneath you. Exodus 14, then Moses raised his hand over the sea. The Lord opened up a path through the water with a strong east wind. Imagine what they saw was a barrier. What God saw was deliverance. Mm -hmm. I believe right now, somebody's watching right now, and all you see in front of you is no future, and God's giving you the faith to understand he has a future for your life right now. You have nothing to lose. The path in front of you that you don't see, God will reveal it to you. I believe it. Yeah. it there's a promise there. Your problem in front of you will become a path underneath you. Here's why. Because all you have is your perspective. All you can see is what you can see. All the Israelites could see was the Red Sea. All the Israelites could see was the Egyptians behind them. But what God saw was the promised land. It's kind of like, um, you ever notice how when you have a zit on your face, all you can notice is the zit on your face? Yep. <laughs> like if you have a blemish on your face, like all you can, all like, and I'll ask Teresa, do you see this? She's like, I don't see anything. I'm like, it's right here, right? <laughs> I, I had a spot on my forehead and I, I had to go to, um, I wanted to go to the, I thought it was cancerous and I had to go to the plastic surgeon because anything on your face, you, do, you don't want just anybody, you know, cutting you open. You know what I mean? Yeah. A doctor's like, let me see it. You're like, no, I'm good. I'm good. And so I go to the plastic surgeon and I'm like, do you see this right here? He's like, no, I, I don't see it. I'm like, it's right here, bro. It's like, it's gigantic. I still have it to this day. It's gigantic. You can zoom in on the camera. It's right here. And, and uh, I said, do you see it? And he goes, it's not cancerous. It's just an age spot. You're getting older. I'm like, thank you. I'm never coming to you again. And <laughs> he's like, I, I, don't, I don't see it. The problem is because my perspective was all I could see was the trouble on my face. But he's just like, I don't see it. See, many times what you focus on is the trouble in front of you and you don't see a way out. But when you see trouble and no way out, God goes, I'm going to make a path. Where there, I'll make a way where there is no way. I'm, I'm going to actually split that in two and you're not going to walk over it or walk under it. You're going to walk right through it. That's the promise of God. I don't know what you're going through right now, but God has a different perspective than you. You ever been on, on the interstate and you're in bumper to bumper traffic and you're so mad and we, we, we have no idea what's going on. We're so angry. But there's a helicopter up above flying over and they're letting you know that the traffic breaks two miles ahead. Well, how in the world does the helicopter know? Well, because he has a different, higher vantage point. And all you can see is the car in front of you, but he can see the cars above you. And so you have to understand God has a different vantage point than you. So the problem you see, I believe, will soon become a path. Yeah. 
So trust him for it. There is victory. You have nothing to lose. Romans 16, I love this in the message translation. It says, don't be gullible in regard to smooth talking evil. Stay alert like this. And before you know it, the God of peace will come down on Satan and you're going to stomp on him with both feet. What a great verse. I don't know what you're going through today, but have victory knowing that you have nothing to lose because the path is going to be directed for you. I believe it in Jesus' name. The enemy has already been defeated. And the third thing you wrote down here in regards to us living a life of victory, comma, it's not over, is the true promise of your promise is right in front of you. The true promise is right in front of you. You just have to see it. Exodus 14, then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. Think how much time you and I spend complaining when we should be moving. I mean, how long have you been talking to God about how frustrated you are about the coronavirus and your job and what's happening? And your, I mean, if we spent all the time praising that we spend complaining, we might be in a different perspective place. The, the promised land is in front of you. The days of the church are ahead of her. Don't get so focused on what you can't do. Stay focused on what God will do. You, you know, um, I'm going to end with this story. Years ago, uh, I noticed I, I, was, I was preaching a lot and my voice was sounding really raspy. I, just, I, I couldn't clear my throat. I couldn't figure out what it was. And even though Teresa thought it was very sexy, I, I just, she couldn't stop kissing me. And I, Teresa, this is a problem. And <laughs> she gets so mad right now. And my voice was so raspy, but, but it got really bad. I got to the point, I'd go to Starbucks and order a coffee and I couldn't speak. And they would laugh. What did they laugh? I was like, you know, and they're like, what's going on? So I finally went to a, a doctor, went to a throat doctor. And they scoped me and they said, Sean, you have a tumor on your vocal cords. And we have to take the tumor. And, and I'm like, I'm a preacher. I'm, I mean, what, what, do, what do you do? Like you, it's like, think about what you do in your life. If someone was to take what you do, well, and I, I had this, this, this bleak view of what my future would be like. And I just thought, what, what do you mean? You, you have, I have to take it. I mean, you have to get rid of it. But at the same time, what, what if I can never preach again? And I had these couple days where I just thought, man, what will I do? And God spoke to my heart as I was praying and just kind of wondering, God, what will I do? And God spoke to my heart and said this. It, very, it wasn't an audible voice, but it was so clear it was audible. God said this, I'm just giving you your second wind. Wow. And I knew this. Even if I can never preach again, I can still praise. Yeah. Even if I can't sing, I can still clap. Yeah. Yeah. E- even if I can't preach, I can still raise my hands. Why? Because my promised land is in front of me. Yeah. I, I had no idea what was ahead of me, but I knew God had it under control. The Israelites had to trust that God had it under control. Ephesians 1.14, Paul says this, The Spirit is God's guarantee that He will give us the inheritance He promised and that He's purchased us to be His own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify Him. You have a guarantee in you that Jesus Christ isn't letting you drop. You have a guarantee inside of you that, comma, it's not over. So trust God to know you have nothing to lose today. So live for the fact that you have nothing to lose today. The enemy's been defeated. The promised land's right in front of you. Your problem will come, become a path. I believe it in Jesus' name. You have nothing to lose, comma, it's not over. So keep moving. You know, I want to I pray for us today. Maybe you're here today and maybe you've been struggling. Maybe you see in front of you just a barrier where God sees a blessing. Maybe you feel like you can't move forward, but God's going to make a way where there is no way. And the very way that you and I can get to the Father is only through Jesus. And maybe you've never given your heart to Jesus. Maybe you want to have a relationship with Jesus. It all starts with a prayer of surrender of your heart and your life over to God.
I just want us to bow our, bow our heads and close our eyes, wherever you are. And if you're here today and you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ, you're watching online today, you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ, but you're saying, Sean, today I want to surrender my heart. I want to count to three. On the count of three, if that's you, just raise your hand. One, two, three. Just raise your hand. If that's you, just raise your hand. Wherever you are, it doesn't matter about who's sitting next to you, this is the day. Just raise your hand. We're all going to pray this prayer out loud together, but if your hand's raised, today's your day. You just pray it a little bit louder than the person next to you. Just say, Dear Lord Jesus, Dear Lord Jesus today is my day. I'm giving you my life. I'm giving you my life. I'm giving you my heart. I'm giving you my heart. I'm trusting you with everything I am. I'm trusting you with everything Forgive I am. me of my sins. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my past. Forgive me of my past. And make me a brand new person. And make me a brand new person. And as best as I know how, I'll follow you the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Come on, can we give it up for all those today that prayed that prayer? best decision of your life. Hey, if you prayed that prayer today, get connected with Anchor Church. You can jump into uh, our, one of our chat rooms there. Let us know on Instagram or Facebook. Instagram, My Anchor Church FL. Join us at My Anchor Church on Facebook. Let us know you made that decision. I want to reach out to you. I want to thank you. I want to encourage you. And we just believe that if you keep coming back week after week, God has something beautiful in store for your life. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday.